This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Can you feel the box? Mm, we are in the box. The box is on top. Hey! <laughs> Welcome back to Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. This is Stanley Fritz, your favorite engineer on the PC ones and twos. We got Evan Mashinardi, our favorite guest correspondent, wearing the, the cold shirt because he's a New York Yankee now. And of course, Selena. Selena, your hair kind of looks like the woman from Coming to America who almost married Eddie Murphy first. Oh, remember? really? Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Do you remember who I'm talking about? No, because I didn't see the whole movie, and I know I lost my black card. Whoa. <laughs> I, I think I fell asleep. I'm so sorry. All oh, right, let's Lord. stop talking about this okay. before. I know, I know, She's guys. never, you never Not finished Not the coming. whole thing. How much of Coming to America have you seen? <laughs> do you remember the lady? The good part, the first part. The ring to? On the One second, Evan. Go ahead now. Try do, you it. Ma- do you remember the lady he gives the ring to on the subway? Yeah. I know her. Like, she's been she's a family alive? friend. No, uh, not anymore. Her name is Birdie. Uh, she passed away. But I, I knew her most of my life. She was a really nice lady. Wow, I feel like throwing wow. that anecdote all up in there. Yeah, man. Wait, Selena, how far in Coming to America did you get? Like, the middle. What's the middle? Like, what do you remember? <laughs> Let's not even go there. Obviously, I'm going to watch the first one, and original, and then I'm going to watch the new one that comes out mm-hmm. so that I can stay up to date, we're gonna so have obviously. Ex- we're going to have an exam. But, guys, we're here. Let your voice be heard. We are here with Selena Hill, of course, Tammy, the newest co-host of the show. What up, y'all? And I know I talked about Evan Mashinati and these other two wonderful people, but let me tell you about myself. I am handsome. No, I'm not, but I like to think I'm handsome sometimes. But my name is Stanley, and you can find me on Twitter at Stan Fritz. You can find me on IG at Stan Fritz. You used to find me on Snapchat at Dark Skin Swindle, but I don't do those things in the past anymore. I'm all about the future and the present. How you guys doing today? Good. Happy Good. Sunday, guys. I'm super happy to be here, of course. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, where we talk politics, social issues, and culture and a lot of race, and we do that all from our very diverse millennial perspectives. We have a great show lined up. Um, in live time, in real time, it is the day before Martin Luther King's um, the federal holiday, the day that we celebrate his legacy. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be talking a lot about that and who are some of the leaders of the new school that are carrying his legacy. So I'm happy to talk about that. And, and Tammy's back with us as well. Hey, Selena. What's up, y'all? I'm so happy to be back today. Um I'm super excited for today's show topics. I've been talking about them all week. Um, Something I'm stoked to talk about, Cardi B running for Congress. Yes, yes, yes. Whenever MLK Day comes up, I just think about all the things me and my posse are doing to make the world a better place. I think about Mm. the positive role models we have in society and people genuinely wanting to make a difference. So I'm feeling pretty good this Sunday fun day. And Evan? Well, it's always good to be on Let Your Voice Be Heard. I'm happy to be a correspondent. And, yeah, it's a it's a very important day, I think, for the entire country. You know, it's unfortunate that a lot of times we look at these things through the lens of one month. Like, when I think about all the things that I learned post-school, post, like, Martin Luther King Day going through school and post-Black History Month and, like, all the things, like... Um, like Tulsa, like the mm-hmm. fact that so many people yep. learn about that through Watchmen yeah. and, yep. and the fact that like we didn't learn like in middle school by Emmett Till, like all these parts of the civil you rights didn't? movement. No. Wow. Yeah. Not, well, not, 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 <laughs> I know he's going to throw some BX shade right there, but no, it just reminds me about how far we still have to go to truly educate uh, our youth also about the civil rights movement. 
Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can I just, so we're live on Facebook Mm -hmm. and James Johnson says, Selena lives in Southeast Queens and haven't, and has not seen coming to America. Yeah, why, why people always But what is the correlate, what's the correlation though? It's based in Southeast Queens. He's, he's looking, he's looking for his queen. In Southeast Queens? That's why he's in Queens. He's like, my queen must be here. They're literally off the stop on the J line. What? Oh, okay, okay. My card is revoked. I'm sorry. And the McDowell's <laughs> is on Queens Boulevard. Whoa. Yes. Oh, okay. Wait, no, it might be God Brewer. What are those? Forgive people? me, guys. I will see the original Promise, and I will see the remake Promise. You were saying something, Tammy. Honestly, I love that everyone roasts you for being <laughs> like, it's always a thing that you don't know, but you're from Southeast Queens, so like, how dare you? Well, right. Now, now that we're here, what's a movie that everyone has watched but you haven't watched? What the? Uh, I like a I, black like a black movie that oh. everyone says they've watched, but like you haven't watched. Evan, he's like, I'm not in part of this anymore. No, I I thought you, at first I thought you just meant in general. I did, but, but I'm like, like, let's do the black I, one. Oh, okay, because I was gonna say like everybody laughed at me because I never seen the mask and like oh, I everybody. I love the mask. You haven't seen the mask. Get out. I know. Get out. Well, you're young. You have an excuse. Oh, I'm but young. Tammy, what's a black movie that like everyone's seen that you haven't seen? Okay, this one's embarrassing because I keep saying I haven't seen it, and it's been a decade, and I still haven't. Love mm-hmm. and basketball. Oh, girl, uh-uh, see, that's worse than me. Oh, actually, that's worse than yeah. me. I, I, Evan, I got, have you I got seen a terrible. No, I haven't. But I, ha- but I have, I have a terrible <laughs> one. I have a terrible one. So when I was back in the day, do you, you remember LimeWire, right? I'm yeah. not dating yeah, myself. Absolutely. All right. So I, I downloaded "Don't Be a Menace" through LimeWire when I was like, I don't know, 14 or 15, mm-hmm. but. The file I got never had the last 15 minutes of the movie. <laughs> so throughout my entire life, I've seen all of Don't Be a Menace except the very last 15 minutes. So I still in, consider that, you know, a point against in myself. In your defense, I had the bootleg DVD, and they also cut up the last 15 minutes. But I saw the whole movie. <laughs> so we got the same file there. We might, we might. <laughs> it's crazy, man. So anyways, guys, listen, we got to go on a quick break. When we get back, we'll be at the news roundup, and we got a lot to talk about, maybe even a presidential Cardi B. Who and knows? we'll continue shaming each other about movies we haven't seen. I've seen all the movies. Right. I don't know about the rest of you. All right. Can I just say that I'm kind of offended? She's like, I'll stay in the car. I ain't trying to meet your mama. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. The Women's s- empowerment. Yes. Yo, I was playing I know, this. That sound toxic to me. Before. Does yeah, it? Word. <laughs> Don't me, my mama. If we, we at that stage. Don't you know? worry, Evan. I got a toxic song for the Kings coming up next. All right, good. But we, we was, gotta we gotta get some equilibrium. I was here. cleaning the apartment yesterday, and I put this song on, and my roommate friend day when she said, "I ain't trying with your mama." She was in the kitchen. How she threw it in the whole circle, right on beat to the lyrics. I'm like, nah, this is not. Put on some toxic music for us. So oh my god. Well, speaking of you know. Toxic women's music. Is that what you guys are calling it? That's what I'm calling it, man. Well, yesterday was the Women's March. Damn. So, I mean, that was a perfect song to segue into the Women's March. All right, transition. Let's go. That, you know, let's talk about it. So, yesterday was the fourth annual Women's March. Um, It was a global march. We know people came out here in New York City. The main event was happening in Washington, D.C., but people were marching all over the world. Actually, I do not think that the numbers matched that first initial Women's March in 2017. But still, a number of women... Hundreds of thousands of women came out to protest Trump 
Um, mm. Tammy, what, what are your thoughts about the Women's March? Am I problematic for saying who cares? Ooh. Ooh really? I mean, That's a strong take. Say more, sis. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's it's been co-opted mainly by, like, liberal white women who take the steps every day to enable men like Trump. And, like, you know, at first it was, like, a really sizzling protest against Trump, but mm. we've had him for almost four years now. Don't really mean too much. Ooh. Um, well, hold on. What, so, what do you think changed? You know, well, first thing is I feel like we haven't seen the results from the Women's March that we wanted to. Like, I, I'm, I can't speak for the co-founders, but I really felt like this was supposed to be a movement to kind of remove abusive powers yeah. from government, and, and we haven't seen that. In fact, we've seen them get empowered. Um, and then secondly... As things go mainstream, I find that the message gets a little diluted. So I really do feel like over the years, the Women's March has excluded a lot of marginalized groups like, really? you know, our trans sisters mm. our you know, our dark skinned sisters at the forefront. I I just feel like there's a lot to be to be missed. Alright, well folks, if you want to join the News Roundup conversation with us and tell us what you think about the Women's March, our number is 212-650-6903 Again, that's 212-650-6903 or you can message us on Facebook chat and we'll try to get to you or on IG Live if you're on IG Live. If you're on neither and you're listening on podcasts, feel free to leave a comment or tweet us at BeHerd underscore radio. Evan, how do you feel about the Women's March this year? Did you go? Uh, not this year. I mean, for a lot of people, I think part of the low turnout was also because it was brick. Not to say that. <laughs> not, not to say that true. that should go against <laughs> activism necessarily. I'm just saying it's 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 the truth. Yeah, it was snow um, snowing yesterday. Yeah, yeah. But I think everybody can join the march, can join a protest for for different reasons. But in many ways, I I do agree with Tammy because I think for some people, for some people, it's a part of a of a spectrum of initiatives and activism that they do. For some people, it may just be performative, right? Yeah. For some people, it just may be that they feel like they fulfill their activism by doing something like that and not caring about intersectionality and not caring about, um, for example, showing up that in, with the same amount of energy when unarmed black and brown people are killed for, for trans rights, for all these other causes. So I think that's the problem is when people put a limitation to, okay, the march to me just means this, but you don't see how it connects to all the other injustice. I think that's the problem. But well, I won't say that everybody attends the march for those reasons. Some people may do those things and do the, and attend the march too. You know what I mean? Yeah, I want to just make, point out a comment that I saw on our Facebook Live from James. He says, black women don't identify with the women's march. Tammy, it sounds like you don't. Selena, would you agree? Um, I, I do think, well... So the, some of the reporting that I saw yesterday were they were like particularly spotlighting black women who were there. And this one black protester said it's time like black women should be involved in the women's march. It's just as much. It should be just as much our march as it is anybody else's and that we should have more visibility. And we, we should be because the thing is. Yeah, Trump, everyone hates, you know, Trump and his policies, but they affect black women even more so, like anything that goes wrong. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm actually disheartened that more black women aren't feeling included and aren't invited to the table and aren't like I, I'm, I'm, I'm upset about it because I really think that if we did come together and unify and we could that, you know, there's there's 
will be stronger. There's more power in numbers. Well, what ways could they uh, make black women more welcome or be more seen? I mean, it, it didn't help that they that you know Tamika Mallory was either forced out of uh, of um, being on the women's board. Her, Linda Sarsour, and um, Bob Bland. Like that didn't help at all to me because to me, Tamika Mallory is such a powerful force and vo- voice when it comes to black women. Yeah. And you know, when she has that seat at the table, she makes sure that she amplifies our voice. So that doesn't help. Yeah, I can't argue with you on that one. I mean, so Women's March, I didn't go this year. I was in my house cleaning and getting ready for a housewarming, and then I had a housewarming. But <laughs> even if even if I didn't have a housewarming, I don't know that I would have gone. Valerie on Kazan says the reality is people will still vote Republican once <clears throat> once the curtains are closed and the march is over. Snap. Well, I mean, yeah, like you saw a lot of Black Lives Matter T-shirts there, but these are the same Black Lives Matter who are calling the cops on black bodies and are pissed off about New York's well, bail laws. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. Can I say it doesn't even need to be Republican? I mean, you could you could do all the things you just said and vote Democrat. Mm-hmm. I For mean, Pete Buttigieg. Yeah, or, <laughs> exactly, or, or Joe Biden. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it it doesn't have to be. A lot of these women may identify as liberal Democrats, but it doesn't change the fact that they still may be the type of people to call you know police at somebody at Starbucks that's there for too long. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like it doesn't change that. It, it, it this goes past political party. I really just think real work can't be commodified. And Mm. the fact that uh, merchandise is being sold for the Women's March, um, it's given very much like a public media kind of They do that at some churches now, though, too. I mean, yeah, but church been involved with the state, you know? Yeah, no, I hear you. Well, let's let's move on from the Women's March a little bit now, guys, because speaking of politics and women in politics— Someone, a certain person's friend, would like to run for office one day. I don't know if you guys know, but Selena and Cardi B are very close friends. And Cardi B told Selena <laughs> on her Skonex account that she wants Skonic. to run for office. Yeah, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm dating myself right there. Oh, wow. I'm so, sorry, what is that? Can you repeat that? <laughs> <laughs> it came so, out during Skonic, MySpace days. Yeah, so, yeah. so like, oh, you, you, there was okay. MySpace. And when Facebook first came out, it was just for people in college. And Skonex was just for people in high school. Yeah. Honest to God, I feel like a toddler in this conversation but, right now. But, <laughs> yeah, but regardless of the lies that Stanley is it, spreading, Black no, me and lie. Cardi are not besties. But, I mean, would you guys... Vote for her for Congress. I'll say this. I think it's extremely admirable that she wants to use her platform to talk about politics. And whether she runs or not, I, know, I mean, Cardi B says a lot of things. So, you know, sometimes you don't know what she's really serious about. But I do know she's serious about politics. Like, she had that sit down with mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders. She's been supporting him um, very adamantly uh, for months now. She's always talked about political issues. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if she did ever want to consider a run, I think she would get a lot of support. And I think that I'm really happy that she's put a spotlight on how important it is to be civically engaged you know i encourage everybody to run for office well not everybody but people should run for office i don't think folks really understand how important their voice is to the process Mm. and how like the powers that be benefit because people don't engage so i'm happy that cardi b is thinking about it and talking about it because maybe she won't run but maybe she'll inspire somebody that will run and that is probably more important to me Mm. yeah but like i mean are we can we stay on politics i got some more politics stuff you yeah let's go the Senate Republicans started their impeachment process. Yes, they yeah. did. Yo, have you guys been following it? 
Very lightly, but not so much the last couple of wait, days. Wait, wait, let's stop. Is everyone exhausted with this? Yes. <laughs> Lena? Look, it's, it's been a lot. Like, I, I, I know that Rachel Maddow had an explosive interview with one of Giuliani's uh, comrades who was like, no, I know Trump. Um, and, and yes, like, they, they were into, like, they were in cahoots. And he basically... Wait, wait, wait. We can't co-opt comrade for someone like that. Like, we, we can't call him a comrade. We can't. Hold on. Ooh. So, what would you call him? Um, he was Giuliani's business comrade. associate. Okay, business, business associate. associate. Business associate. <laughs> like, yeah. So, and I know that, um, yeah, Democrats definitely want to start the impeachment process. I know they're trying. I know Republicans want to keep it short and sweet. I think like one of their goals was to have it ended before February fourth, which is the State of the Union, which would just mm-hmm. give Donald Trump even more mm-hmm. ammunition to say like, look, they tried to impeach me, nothing happened, mm-hmm. I'm still here, let's go twenty twenty. For you for those of you who are on Facebook and IG Live, what do you think about this? Should like are you guys still paying attention to the impeachment process? Are you burnt out? Did you tune into the show just to hear what was going on and we disappointed you because we are also exhausted? <laughs> um <laughs> If so, we'll do better next week and have some more information for you. But I would really like to hear how people are feeling about this right now. But this is sad stuff. Give me some good news, guys. Give me some good stories. Oh, Eminem, new album. And he has a song with Young Young M.A., a song with Juice World, Rest in Peace. Yeah, no, so I saw that Eminem dropped the album. I don't think he had any pre-promotion. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited to listen to it. Stanley, have you listened? I listened to it, yeah. Um, well, how, so how does it compare to that classic, iconic Eminem that we all love? That's not. <laughs> you can't, I mean, you can't. I, I don't compare it to that. You just can't, unfortunately, because he, it's a different person, different time. I'm a different person. I'm not a temperamental, musty 15-year-old anymore, so the music doesn't hit the same way. Mm. Gotcha. Like, you're not going to laugh at my Fair. joke at all? All right, cool. I'll just put myself out like this. <laughs> musty, <laughs> man. Must, that, that's a word. Listen. <laughs> Yo, personally, I'm kind of stoked to hear that gun violence song that he, <laughs> like, Yo, apparently yeah. he put out a track that has to do with gun violence yeah. and, like, you know, gun control in this country. And I think it's, like, such a 180 from his days where you, he used to talk about beating Kim up and, like, putting him in putting her in his trunk yeah. it was therapeutic <laughs> is is what he said i it don't was, know man. i don't know that's the that's we the, went some, really hard back that's in the, the day but but it was so problematic but that's the eminem i fell in love with like we used to bump that song like yeah like so, so i was to walk out of church put on eminem chick i'm gonna kill you <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but obviously that type of music could not stand in 2020 in the nah, Me Too well, movement. And now that we know better, look, yeah. I'm saying I know better now. Yeah. When I was in fifth grade, when that music came out, it was like, yo, this song, it was it was so provocative. Mm-hmm. He, like, crossed the line. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah. And I just didn't understand the gravity There's of it. There's no line to cross now anymore. We all cross the line. But, no, he's got some really good songs on there. That gun violence song, as um, Tammy so kindly <laughs> called it, it's pretty good, too. And I was on a train listening to it, so I wasn't paying attention. And then all of a sudden, I was like, oh, 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 this is happening. Okay. So even Eminem has adjusted to 2020. Slightly. Slightly. Well, speaking of hip hop and politics, we know that Yo Gotti and Jay-Z have teamed up to sue uh, the Mississippi, a Mississippi prison. I know, Tammy, you've been talking a lot about it, um, this lawsuit and the fact that, what, five prisoners, well, people incarcerated actually Mm -hmm. have died in two weeks in Mississippi and now they want to file a lawsuit. I'm so happy about this, to see Jay-Z and Rock Nation go so hard for these individuals. So the story is basically Mississippi is riddled with gang warfare in their jails. They have really lax conditions there. It's 
almost akin to being in solitary confinement majority of the time. And when they do encounter spaces, there's a lot of hostility, especially between guards. Living conditions make people agitated. Um, so basically, there were five inmate deaths at once at a Mississippi prison. And when it came to light, people were like, this is unacceptable. Um, shining the light on the prison system has really allowed us to see a lot of the issues that have led to these deaths, including mm -hmm. lack of oversight from guards um, and politicians in Mississippi. So it's amazing to see black men step mm. up in defense of their brothers. Like, this is something I never would have expected, but I'm not surprised because Jay-Z's been about that life. Yes, he has! And Who I'm just so happy. That? You know, they didn't, even just, they didn't even just speak about it, but they actually officially filed the lawsuit. Yes, they did. They cited um, unlivable conditions. <laughs> lack of ethics, and I'm so happy to see him come through. Well, let me say this. This is a good thing that Jay-Z is still doing. He's still sold out to the NFL. He Evan, what are your thoughts on Jay-Z taking action in this type of way? I, I'm with Stanley in that you could have and. It's like, it's not one or the other. It's like you can have in one instance Duality where someone does. Man. Right. That can happen. And... First of all, I would like to think still that there's some grander scheme of what he did with the NFL. As of now, as of now, I don't personally have that evidence. It's been multiple months now. It's just clear. I, well, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that's what I hold out personally, but as of now, there's not that evidence. But he can do all these things. Look, he was one of the executive producers on the Khalif Browder documentary. Yes, he was. He, he's, he has been about this in many ways, but he's also been a capitalist. I yes. mean, he is both of these things. They don't necessarily cancel each other out, though sometimes they don't always help the other. But I'm just going to focus on this. Like, if Jay-Z didn't step in right now, would we trust the government to do it? No. Well, no. Who, who, who would have brought this to light in the same way? He's using his platform in a way, and honestly, he doesn't have to, but he did. It's commendable. I'll say that it is commendable. So shout out to Rock Nation and the philanthropic arm of Rock Nation, which is Team Rock, which is moving forward in this in this criminal justice matter. Uh, speaking of that, guys, we do need to go on a quick break, but don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're talking about MLK's legacy and the leaders of the new school that are carrying it into the 21st century. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. Handle me. Who gon' handle me? Thinking he's a player, he's a member on the team. He put in all that work, he wanna be the MVP. I told him ain't no taming me, I love my news. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. Do you put it on for your city? Do you? What does put it on mean? Who knows? Selena, please let us know what folks are putting on the Facebook comment sections. Well, good point. So Swendy Andre chimed in to our Facebook Live. He says, what do you guys think about Flint being able to sue the government. You know what, Sally? I'm going to throw that to you because you spent some time in Flint in the recovery effort a few years ago. Yeah. The crisis is still going on. Should Flint sue the federal government? They should have a right to sue the federal government. They should also have a right to, sh to sue the mayor. I mean, the governor. Governor, Um, I think it was Snyder, I think it was. Yep, I forget at this yep, point. Snyder. And his staff because they knew what was going on and didn't do anything about it. They just laughed at poor people who were complaining about the water. Uh, folks still don't have clean water in Flint. Folks are losing their homes because the, the government is seizing it for unpaid water bills. And it's a travesty what's happening over there. And we can't forget that this is still happening. Flint people still don't have clean water. So in the spirit of talking about that very sad thing, 
it's also important to talk about the reason that we know about Flint is because of people on the ground, some of them who have lost their lives since the water crisis started in Flint, Michigan, and folks who have been working endlessly to make sure that like this does not fall out of the news. Even little Miss Flint, a young lady who I think just got into her preteens, who has been organizing and amplifying this issue from Flint, Michigan, since she was at least seven years old. What she represents are the millions of people who every single day, whether they think they have power or not, see a problem in their community and feel a need to stand up and do something about it. And the way that they approach doing something about it is A, speaking truth to power, but also helping to find other people so that they can amplify their voices and make things shift. Why do they do this? Because A, they give a damn, but also because B, if they don't, who will? That's a good question because a lot of us for a long time, or maybe I'm just projecting and it was just me hold on fast and wait for a hero to show up in this space. And why do we wait for a hero? Because I read about somebody named Martin Luther King Jr., whose birthday we'll be celebrating tomorrow. And he was one of the greatest civil rights activists we had ever heard of, and we know his story. He is someone who fought with a radical love, and he used nonviolence activism to get his work done. And he thought that even your enemy you should love, and it wasn't about being weak. It was about being so strong that you could still see this person when they were doing inhumane things to you. Martin Luther King has been dead for over 40 years now. It's the year 2020. We've got Donald Trump. Hennessy costs $20 more than it did when I was a junior in college. I knew it was coming. (laughs) And most millennials can't afford to live on their own. Who's coming to save us? Well, we got some people. And they're not here to save us. They're here to help us build power. And this show is really all about spotlighting folks that we think have really pushed forward the legacy of Martin Luther King, whether you think it's because of their ability to speak truth to power, their organizing prowess, their leadership, their strategy, whatever it is. And we're going to do this one a little bit different, so everyone's going to have a chance um, on this panel to like say some folks they think, and we'll ask them why, we'll unpack that. But also, we did a poll, and we asked a lot of you guys on Instagram and on Facebook and on Twitter who you thought. We're going to read the, the, the winners or like the people that got the highest votes for that. And the, the spirit of this conversation is not so that we can just like pump up one person, but it's so folks can have a better idea of who is doing the work and how you can learn more about them. So with that being said, I want to kind of get this conversation going. Um, Martin Luther King Jr. has been dead for some time now, but there are people doing the work. And I want to start with you, Selena, because mm-hmm. someone who's in the media, you get a chance to really meet a lot of these new like personalities and profiles and leaders. Um, who are some folks that you think are really pushing the work in the spirit of King's philosophy? Yeah, so I, so I think that, you know, one of the best places to start is what did Dr. King stand for? What is the legacy? What did he accomplish? And what was he preaching when he was alive? And he was really talking about ending racism, militarism, and materialism. He was, I mean, is it safe to say he was very anti-capitalistic and was preaching a message about uplifting people who were in poverty so that they can have equal rights. And we know in his time, they they achieved historic feats like the 1964 Civil Rights Act, the 1965 Voting Rights Act, and even the Brown Supreme Court decision was made in 1954, um, which was at like this, the start and sort of like triggered the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in the spirit of King, if you have someone who's anti-racist, anti-black, uh, preaching against anti-racism, um, you know, preaching against anti-black blackness, militarism and materialism, I think that some of the leaders that come to mind for me is definitely Colin Kaepernick. Mm. Um, it's definitely AOC mm. people who are who who aren't who are using their platform mm. to go against the grain and I think that 
Speaking of the poll, Stanley talked about when we did this on Instagram Live, people added in Killer Mike, mm. who has mm-hmm. also, a lot of people say, a radical message, but he has a very strong message, I think, against those those three points. And people also push Angela Rye as well. So I think, you know, there are a number of people who are doing the work and carrying King's legacy, mm-hmm. but the work King was doing is much harder and I think serious than a lot of us would like to recall. Like he wasn't just saying <laughs> I have a dream. Mm-hmm. Like it it was more than that. Well, like I want to I want to play a little curveball with you guys right now. Um, I want to push back on one of the people you pick, but I want someone else to make the argument either for or against it. So Tammy, Selena said Colin Kaepernick. Right. And mm-hmm. Colin Kaepernick is a great example because he's somebody who kneeled because he didn't want to stand for the national anthem when we have state sanctioned violence against black and brown people. But some would argue that's all he's done. So what makes him deserving to be considered somebody doing this work in King's spirit? Well, I think my the most important thing to note for Kaepernick for me is consistency of message and also uplifting others as he does so. Um Kaepernick has had a lot of opportunities to, I don't know, make money, gain clout and more from his protests. But I've noticed that he's stayed consistently on brand and has chosen to work with people and companies that make sure that that message stays intact. And I really respect that. It must be very hard for him as a person who, you know, was shunned by the NFL, who is unemployed, who has actively lost everything he's worked for to consistently keep up that message. But that's what does it for me with him. I remember, and, and you know, when we had um, Sergeant Edwin um, Raymond on the show, he had a chance to meet Colin Kaepernick. And I remember he on this when he was on Let Your Voice Be Heard, he talked about how him standing up against the NYPD by being a cop and being a whistleblower and talking about that quota system, it was very shortly after that Colin Kaepernick went against his that his system that he's within and his job. So by him taking a knee to stand up and put a spotlight on just Black Lives Matter, the movement and the black and brown folks who are being killed by police, he put his job on the line. And like he's and it's like that that's a lot to ask for mm-hmm. somebody. I, yeah, ahead, Evan. I, I agree. And and Sergeant Raymond is also in my list of people oh, who absolutely. I find extremely yes. brave um to put themselves online, to put their career online, to put their safety on the line. Yep. I mean, I can only imagine the type of things that Sergeant Raymond has to face on a day-to-day basis. But, yeah, I mean, he did not – Colin Kaepernick did not have to do this. You know, this is his – you can only think as as a boy to a man who trained to play in the NFL, who had this dream, who dedicated his life to this, and then said, no, there's something bigger than me. There's something bigger than me personally because when I take off this uniform – I'm still black. That's what he's saying, yeah. and and many and the, a lot of the other players are. And mm-hmm. I have a platform, and I'm going to use it. So I think, look, everybody has a different way mm-hmm. of, of activism, and they can um, incorporate different things into it. He mm-hmm. has, like Tammy said, been very strong with on message to mm-hmm. specifically police brutality, and people cannot, you know, no matter what people think about Kaepernick, they can't help but always associate that message of anti-police brutality with him. Yeah. And and that's very strong. And he did that at his own detriment. Edwin did that at his own detriment. And uh, I just want to I don't know how much more time we have with this, yeah. but I just want to hear in, yours. Actually, yeah, I, I just want to throw in Sean King, because yes. for me, 
ever since I was, uh, I don't even know, like 16, 17, like I think I think we talked about like what really got us um, into activism. We said Trayvon Martin, like around that time was when I started to follow Sean King. Mm-hmm. And he really was an inspiration to me. He puts a lot of his own self on the line. He has he has literally been I mean, I'm sure you've seen the pictures, but he has been beat up severely by racist and he never let that deter him. Mm-hmm. And Every single time he has an opportunity to try to put somebody on blast who shouldn't have a job because they're racist, he ever since uh, uh, Charlottesville, he has constantly, unrelenting, been trying to get every single person involved with that attack. Mm-hmm. He never, ever gave up. He never stopped. And I think he got all but one gotcha. of them. And And to me, that type of effort to say that I am never going to forget about even... This, I don't want to say the smallest because they're all huge injustices. Yeah. But any injustice that I know of, I'm not going to forget about it. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, so for me, those are those are my big three people. All yeah. right. So thank you so much for that, Evan. I want to throw it to Tammy. Tammy, I want to hear who your folks are. But also, I know you've had some thoughts about Sean King, so I want to give you a chance to share those. See, for me, Sean King is a tricky figure because when I heard of him, obviously, I was very supportive of his work. Um, He is a really fantastic journalist. He has brought a lot to the Black Lives Matter movement um, with his group. What what is it? North Star. He has made a lot of impact um, in the activist field. But something that really unsettles me about Sean King is how he climbs onto the backs of black women to get where he is. And that is something that is unforgivable to me. Um, He has gotten into multiple arguments with black women online um, who accuse him of having stolen their work, stolen cash um, initiatives. A bunch of people have come forward having worked with Sean King to say, hey, we raised so much in donations, yet hundreds of thousands of dollars went missing from the funds um, and he is not accountable. So that is something that makes Sean King kind of suspicious to me, but I won't knock the work that he has done. And at the end of the day, um, it's up to him, I guess, how he's going to face his demons if he's done those things to those people. Um, And I guess I wish him the best. (laughs) Well, I just want to I'm not going to say I know a thousand percent what happened in each of those cases, but I do know that he he has tried to be accountable. I mean, he issued like multiple pages of reports of his financial disclosures. I remember he made a big deal about this on Facebook, on all of his social media platforms. So he did months after the fact, though. So he. Well, at first he didn't. He thought it wasn't even something worthy of talking about because he thought it was like so, in his opinion, so ridiculous that yeah. these accusations were there. But then he did attempt to disclose and mm-hmm. and and, go, and disparage these rumors. Yeah. So it's not. I, I don't want to act like he never tried to be uh, yeah. uh, accountable for this. But yeah. but you know him better. Yeah, than me, I mean, Stanley. like I'm like I'm. I try to say out of these conversations, I have like my own personal feelings about it. Uh, a lot of the people who have accused Sean King of having funny money practices have not had hard proof. Um, yeah. There are a few who have had hard proof, um, particularly um, something that came out a while ago, a couple years ago, and like he addressed that, he apologized, he closed the company down, and like I'm leaving it as that. And then also like yeah, he did put out that big report. So my thing is like, put out the report. He was held accountable for what he did before. I'm moving on. But, like, it's really interesting because, like, no matter, like, the people we're listing, like, we're finding different things where it's like, whoa, what's going on with that? And I want to point out that you're not by yourself on this pushback, yeah. Tammy, because Michelle Monique said, I agree, Sean King is hella questionable to me. And James Johnson said, Sean King isn't allowed in Southeast Queens. What? 
Yeah. Well, so. Swendy Andre says Sean King is the truth. Yeah. So it, it's definitely a very, very, it's a lot of debate that and goes I, back and forth. I, I want to add one I, I kind of don't want to go down the Sean King rabbit yeah, hole. Yeah, I was going to like, no, like, it, let's get to some of your folks, actually. Yeah. To okay. end it, let yeah. me just say everyone gets the chance to grow. And like, mm. I respect that. I respect the dude. That's a real um, line. Mm-hmm. So when we were, Selena, when you were mentioning some of the things about MLK's legacy that made you think about who to nominate and who to talk about. Something that really resonated with me was like his end days, you know, his anti-capitalist, anti-imperialist, sort of anti-military views. Um, But another huge thing for me was collectivity of power. And that's something that I think about a lot just because I am an activist and I do, I am a leftist organizer and, and, and as somebody that is on the ground, you, you will know that you can't do anything without collectivity. So the people that I've chosen as the top of my list are all people that I feel like have put others in the forefront with them in the fight and have done as much as they can to make collectivity a priority in their activism. So one of the people I really want to shout out is Brie Newsome because, Mm. you know, she came into the spotlight being honestly an angry black woman, which I really vibe with. She climbed yeah. up that pole. She said, nah, we're not debating this anymore. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, Brie Newsome climbed up the pole in North Carolina and took down a Confederate flag. Yep, she did the work herself. She did the dirty work. But um, currently, she's an educator. And, you know, she works on lectures. She puts out a lot of information. And at the end of the day, um, she tries to put out anti-capitalist views, um, pro-black women and pro-black voice views. And I really respect that, putting others at the forefront of your activism. Mm-hmm. Um, another person I really wanted to shout out is Reverend Barber. Yes. Uh, he is an old comrade of MLK's and he is helping to run the Poor People's Campaign as it stands today, which is very important work. It's part of what MLK was doing as he ended his life. So I'm really happy to see that, you know, this campaign is still alive and well and kicking. Just recently, they protested outside of the Democratic debate. And their issue was that we have still not had a candidate talk about poverty as some as an as a political issue to be solved. I love that. And lastly, I want to say AOC, you know, cuz she's mm. not she's not black, but she Latina, so she she kind of black. Oh, she's she's I don't know. Like you know I, you know how I look at Afro Latinx yeah. folks. Yes. We all in this yes. together. Yes. Yeah. Hard agree. So I was very happy to see all the people chime in for AOC and she is up there doing the work for us in the house, elevating voices from the Bronx and Queens. So Thank you, guys. Yeah, guys. So when we come back, I'll give you some of my names, and then we want to tell you what folks voted on. We'll be right back after this quick break. Hey, we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHC, all the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Prince. I'm here with Selena Hill, of course, Tammy David, and then we have Evan Money. Master Nardi with the Cole t-shirt because the Yankees got a pitcher that can actually pitch so maybe they'll make it to the playoffs and lose to the Astros who steal signs. That's a baseball reference. And if you're just tuning in, we are talking about the leaders who are organizing and moving in the spirit of Dr. King. And we were just listening to some folks and I want to make sure I take a second to list my people as well. Um, somebody who's really important and big to me is Tamika Mallory. I want to make sure I shout her out and I know um, Derek had also mentioned her in the Facebook comments. Tamika Mallory is somebody who is putting her body on the line all the time and is doing the 
work and is speaking truth to power and does not mind being behind the scenes and giving support so other people can shine. So I really want to shout out to Tamika Mallory. Of course, Carmen Perez, who I adore, and is also like somebody who's been a friend and a mentor to me and who has really been doing this work on mass incarceration before it was a hot topic across the country. And when you talk about somebody who really is looking at the whole person and is, is pushing forward their radical love, you have to mention Carmen Perez. And then finally, and this is a hard list to make, um, Nalini Stamp, she is the National Organizing Director for um, the Working Families Party. Um, just a girl from Brooklyn um, whose family owned a deli out in Williamsburg and then like started organizing a Working Families Party and has risen to the high ranks over there and helping to build more organizers and leaders all across the country. So those are my people. But I know that we had some folks who did some, who gave their answers on Instagram. Do we have some of those answers, guys? Yes. So, and I think I mentioned this earlier. Um, people added in Killer Mike, and they an- added in Angela Rye. We also got a few votes for AOC. We got one for Sean King, and we got one for Colin Kaepernick. Did we have anyone that got the majority, like somebody that everyone seems to love? I think Colin Kaepernick had got m- Colin more Kaepernick? than maybe more than others. Okay, <laughs> Put yeah, it like that. Sense. Yeah. You know what I want to talk about a little bit more too? AOC. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, for those of you who don't know, she is somebody who I think gets a lot of credit, but still not enough because she kind of jumped. I mean, yes, like she's somebody who's had some great opportunities, but she's someone who kind of jumped in on the scene and then has been in all these conversations as a high profile person is going head to head against Republicans and conservatives and even Democrats and has not faltered just yet. And she still is in her community and she's governing her community as best as she can. And, it's really hard to stay on message like that when, like, the the pressure in the media is watching you that closely, no? Yeah. Oh, damn, no pushback? All right, cool. That's yeah. good. Oh. No, I, I agree. I agree. And yeah. It, and then also, so Killer Mike, what's the argument for Killer Mike? Because sometimes he says things I'm like, what are you talking about? No, no. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that, you know, Killer Mike... You're right. Sometimes he's on message. Sometimes he's he's not. I remember there was the big debacle when he was pushing. Um, he's a gun rights advocate, but he's someone who believes that black people should own guns. But he was also advocating and, and, and sort of like in cahoots with the NRA, which, you know, caught mm-hmm. a lot like rubbed mm-hmm. us a, 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 the wrong way a little bit. But other than that, like his message is about economic empowerment. Mm-hmm. Right. And that is something that I definitely would subscribe to. I mm-hmm. think people who are anti-capital capitalists, which is fine as well. But he's saying that in order to really get power in the U in, in America, which is a capitalist society, it's the power of the dollar and that we need to buy black and keep our dollars mm-hmm. circulating within our own communities. Evan? Yeah, I mean, it. we're always going to find something that we don't agree with. It's not just not just on message because everybody, you know, everybody's got a different message. And I mean, some, for some people, staying on message will mean like being consistent about a certain issue they're very passionate about. But for some people, it's like they won't fall in line with a specific type of political ideology. And Killer Mike, for his own reasons, is a guns rights advocate. But I don't he, he whether or not he should have used the platform of the NRA, for example, to talk about his views not. as opposed to other things that I agree with. But his reasoning behind it is not like that he's completely for all no regulation with guns. He is saying essentially that 
if we are going to have a society where there's essentially as many, I think I did a report once, I said about as many guns as there are people in the United States. It's crazy. If that's the case, and the majority of the guns are in the hands of white people, and historically, white people with guns have been quite oppressive, I don't blame him for that ideology. Now, that doesn't mean there can't also be laws, but when you take that and, as Selena talked about, his dedication to buying black, which he had a great episode on a uh, trigger warning about where he yeah. I think he only went. I don't think he even went three days like it was really t- it was a really uh, eye opening episode. Yeah. He is really doing the work, in my opinion, because he's trying to find all these nuanced ways to take actual ideologies and put it into pragmatic ways to show people here's how we can employ people. Here's how we can continue to buy within our community. Mm. I really like that about Killer Mike. All right. Well, I mean, that's a decent argument for Killer Mike. Martin Luther King was about nonviolence action, and Killer Mike is telling how to buy guns, though. So that might be like one thing where we can't, you know, you know what I mean? Well, I don't know, because Killer Mike is a black nationalist. And Mm -hmm. I really feel like, you know, MLK was painted as someone who was like completely, you know, a nonviolent person. But towards the end there, he kind of became less and less sort of pacifist as he was. And I I do think that if MLK was put into 2020, seeing, you know, seeing wide-scale media reports of black folks across the country being shot point blank, he could have been a killer Mike. Mm. I really think so. I really mm. think so. Okay. Well, James Johnson asked, why not Louis Farrakhan? Mm. <laughs> he be taking it there. Yeah. Uh, Stanley? Well, Louis Farrakhan is a homophobe. Like, you know, like, and he's a sexist. He's done good things. Yes, Nation Islam has done good things. I will not mm-hmm. argue against that. But, like, I can't really build with somebody who is casting off a whole an entire section of people. That's just repeating the same systems that, that uphold white supremacy. He's also anti-Semitic. Oh, yeah, exactly. Rip. <laughs> That's, that's the big one. That's kind of his number one. He 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 kind of puts all his mm. hates in one line frequently. Well, like well, he's, he's very efficient <laughs> with that. Well, James says y'all playing. Nah, I mean it's the truth. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I have a lot of respect for Louis Farrakhan for the work that he's done. But the fact of the matter is, you bring Louis Farrakhan into the room, he will erase black gay trans people, particularly black gay trans women. And then what? We just forget about those people because yeah. they don't fit a certain like guideline. I'll say this because I went to the new Million Man March in 2012 or 2013. Justice Sorrells? Justice Sorrells, yes. I was there. And Louis, huh? That was 15. Yes, 2015. Thank you, Stanley. Mm -hmm. And Louis Farrakhan, he organized that march and he spoke and he gave a very impassionate speech. And I would say to see all of those black men in particular Mm -hmm. coming together collectively to voice you know, just, you know, not only just opinions, but just like their anger, frustration against this system and systematic ills and injustice. Mm-hmm. It did feel good. Louis Farrakhan has a huge platform. And I, like Stanley said, he has made impact in certain ways. I personally don't subscribe to what he preaches and that message, but I have seen the results mm-hmm. of what it has done in, in, in black communities. So, 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 folks, we do have to wrap this conversation up. I want to give people, um, just quick 30 seconds to give like their closing thoughts on like what leadership needs to look like in 2020 and whether it needs to continue in the spirit of King or not. And I'll start with you, Evan, since you were going to say something. So, like just make a last comment and your closing statement. Well, I was just going to say, I think we have to stop. One of the important things to do is to not always look at things as, as binary, like either or. Farrakhan can have done very good things for the cause of civil rights of certain people and not honestly believe in the cause of civil rights for other people. 
who don't, who are not straight, who are Jewish, who are women, who are trans. Like, it, it's got to, I believe that the, the, the true cause of civil rights is for all rights of all people, no, no matter what your denomination, background, any person who is marginalized in any way has to be included or else it's not uh, truly an inclusive movement. But I think we have to try to do our best to take the best of each of the people that we talked about today and try to continue with their legacy in each of our small ways that we can yeah. and then build on the ways that maybe we disagree with. It doesn't have to be always an either-or equation. Thank you, Evan. Go ahead, Chami. My last thought is that we need to end respectability politics and just replace it with respect. Something that I learned from MLK is that people are going to grow over their careers. They're going to learn more. They're going to do better. And something that I see in every one of these activists is that they empower people to be true to themselves and to fight for the rights of their community. So let's get rid of all this, you know, rapping and bandaging and stick to ourselves and just keep fighting. I'll say this, you know, 2020 marks the 55th anniversary of the Voting Rights Act, which we know has been under attack since 2013 when the Supreme Court basically abolished the, the strongest parts of the Voting Rights Act. If we really want to follow in the steps of Dr. King, it's time for us to put more spotlight on voting. This mm-hmm. is the election year 2020 where we have gerrymandering, where we have voter suppression, where we have ID laws. They are actively trying to stop black and brown people from going to the polls and getting the political power that we deserve. So in the spirit of King, it's time to give prisoners the right to vote. And also what we should be doing is giving every person who turns 18 years old in this country automatically the right to vote in the spirit of King. Thank you for that, guys. So I'll close this out and be very simple. A lot of us are still waiting for heroes. A lot of us are still waiting for someone to follow. And the the true spirit of organizing, the true spirit of King, Mm -hmm. is that no matter who you are, where you are, why you're there, you stand up and you start to fight. And you do it with a radical love. The world is not going to change unless we're willing to change it. We can't keep waiting for somebody to change it Mm -hmm. for us. That's not going to happen. So with that being said... Happy birthday, Martin Luther King Jr., and let's start building and supporting and being the next generation of world changers, because if we don't do it, nobody will. Yes, and on that note, I want to thank everyone who chimed in to let your voice be heard today. We appreciate all the comments and love we got, particularly on Facebook Live and Instagram Live. Appreciate you guys, and make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. See you again. Peace. Bye.